Welcome to Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints, where your viewpoint matters. Donnell discusses today's major issues and concerns with nationally recognized expert guests, as well as a variety of other interesting topics. So call and express your viewpoint about this week's topic or whatever else may be of concern to you. Just call Donnell at 563-999-3660 to share your viewpoint. Now, with this week's guest, here is your viewpoint host, Donnell Edwards. Good evening and welcome to Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints. We hope that you had a wonderful day today and that you spent most of it in your happy zone, wherever that may be. And thank you for joining us for tonight's program. We hope that we will not only provide you with information that will be of interest to you, but that you will also enjoy the program. Uh, the past several weeks, we have been encouraging our listeners to support and help our neighbors affected by Hurricane Florence, and we still encourage you to do that. But now we also ask that you will include our neighbors who were affected by Hurricane Michael in the past week in the Florida Panhandle. One of the hardest hit areas was Mexico's Beach, Florida, and as of Sunday, more than 435,000 customers are still without power in seven states from Florida to Virginia. According to reports from CNN, the future of thousands of students in Panama City, Florida, also remain unclear. With the majority of its 26,000 students displaced and many schools deemed not safe because of the damage, uh, the death toll remains at 18, but authorities say it could continue climbing. So. Please remember that recovery is a long process, and our neighbors still need our help. So please, let's not only keep them in our thoughts and prayers, but if possible, uh, make whatever donations you can to the relief effort. You may go directly to the Red Cross donation site from our website, cwrtalknetwork.com. Just go there and go directly to the Red Cross donation site uh, from the uh, Red Cross uh, uh, Hurricane Florence image that's on uh, our website, and that will take you to the Red Cross donation site where you can make donations by credit card or PayPal. So please keep this in mind and do whatever you can to help. Thank you so much. We know you'll do that. We have another very informative program tonight that we're excited about. Our 60 uh, Over 60 years ago, uh, education was declared a basic human right for every person and enshrined in the Universal Declaration on Human Rights in 1948. Since then, it has been reaffirmed in the International Covenant on Economic, Social, and Cultural Rights in 1966, the Conventional on the Elimination of Discrimination Against Women in 1979, and the Convention on the Rights of the Child in 1989, among many other international human rights instruments. And so uh, in 1990, over 150 governments adopted the World Declaration on Education for All at Jamtin, Thailand, to boost efforts towards delivering the right to education. Ten years later, the World Education Forum in Dakar, Senegal, reaffirmed this commitment and adopted the six education for all goals that ran through uh, 2015. 
Recently, I learned about an organization that's working on a global scale to ensure the right of a quality education to everyone, the Global Campaign for Education, or GCE. Before you dismiss this as a problem for other countries that has no effect on those of us living in the United States, I strongly urge you to listen to this evening's program and our guest. Our guest tonight are all affiliated with GCE and its work. Ms. Jennifer Rigg is Executive Director of GCE United States and is also uh, serves on the, uh, the Board of Directors. Ms. Alvi Rashid is Program Coordinator of She's the First. And Ms. Erica Hardy is located in Guatemala and is a Learning Support Coordinator at the American School of Guatemala. And she leads her school's campus chapter of United Nations Foundation Girl Up. So please join me in welcoming to Donnell Edwards Viewpoint and the CWR Talk Network, Ms. Jennifer Rigg, Ms. Alvi Rashid, and Ms. Erica Hardy. Welcome, ladies. We're glad to have you. So Thank Jennifer, you. Uh, let's, let's start with you. Uh, what are the sustainable development goals that world leaders have agreed to achieve by 2030? And how does that affect education around the world? Thank you so much for having us all on uh, your program, and we're so delighted to join you. Thanks to all of your listeners for the amazing work that you do to stay informed and, and champion issues around the globe and around the country. So it's a great question. The Sustainable Development Goals um, really were developed over the past few years. Advocates and leaders around the world came together in 2015. We all agreed on a collective plan of action called the SDGs, or Sustainable Development Goals, pledging that no one will be left behind. The education-focused goal, which is SDG 4, is to ensure inclusive and equitable quality education and really promote lifelong learning opportunities for all people. So this includes early childhood development through higher education with the aim by the year 2030 of eliminating any gender disparities in education and ensuring equal access to all levels of education, vocational training, especially for vulnerable groups, including people with disabilities, indigenous peoples, and children in vulnerable situations, such as emergency or crisis settings. But of course, these goals are just the beginning, and it's really um, up to each of us across each of our communities, our, our global leaders, our policymakers, and each of us individually to ensure that this happens. Okay, very good. Now, uh, I just want to ask this. This, this is uh, something that's been uh, an issue for uh, over 70 years now, going back to 1948. And uh, how, how long has your organization been, been around? Sure, of course. So like you mentioned, um, Dakar really helped the Global Campaign for Education as a global movement um, to initiate. Uh, we started actually, we, we're celebrating our 20th year as a global movement, um, going back to the efforts that led to Dakar and the Education for All agreement. And then GCE US, which I'm lucky to serve at um, in the United States, is we're celebrating our 15th year this year. We were created in 2003. And our mission really is focused on promoting education as a basic human right and mobilizing to create the political will 
in the United States and internationally to ensure universal quality education for everyone. Okay. Uh, so since this has been going on for for so long, uh, are, you, are you making any headway? Can we see that we're really making making progress? Absolutely. Thank you so much. So we all know how important education is in all of our lives, um, for our children, for ourselves, for our grandchildren, for um, young people uh, that we mentor, et cetera. We are seeing progress overall, so the global goals are indicating that more children are having access to education, but one impact is the reason we emphasize quality education is to make sure that everybody really is also learning, getting the supports that they need. Um, we do find sometimes, and, and my colleagues on the um, program tonight can really speak to this, I think, in, um, in real time, that we often find that young people might be learning in an environment with um, not just 30 to 40 people in a classroom, which might in the U.S. sound like a lot for any one teacher, but literally hundreds of children all at one time. Um, and then, um, so yes, it's possible. We are absolutely making progress, but there's even more to do. And um, that's why we exist as a coalition and a collective social movement to make sure that we don't leave any young person behind. Okay, very good. Now, uh, so the Global Campaign for Education was established to hold countries accountable for making sure that these these goals, the Sustainable Development Goals and other goals uh, are realized. So, and, and you've already uh, kind of touched on this, but can, can you explain how GCE goes about accomplishing its mission to help everyone gain access to a quality education all over the globe. Absolutely. So we're really lucky here at GCE US to be part of this broader movement. So we're the US member of the Global Campaign for Education. We have a small team in, um, and headquarters secretariat based in Johannesburg, South Africa. And there are movements and coalitions similar to ours in over 100 countries, all working together on, on education as a basic human right. And like you said, thank you. Our mission is to make sure that governments act now to deliver the right of everyone to, to free quality public ed education. We accomplish this mission by bringing together organizations large and small dedicated to ensuring universal quality education for all children and youth. We also engage and train new generations of education advocates through our, our youth leaders and by advocating with our governments to reach every child and young person with quality education. So for example, at GCE US, last year we worked collectively to pass the Bipartisan READ Act in the United States, and we're now working to enshrine global education into the work across the US government, from the Peace Corps to the US Agency for International Development for years to come. Even in tough political times, we find that this is an issue that everybody can agree on. Okay, very good. Now, uh, I, I wanted to ask, uh, so it, it sounds like what you're saying is that you, you take an approach so that instead of trying to coordinate everything all over the globe from one place, whether it's the United States or Great Britain or whatever, you have these chapters uh, in other countries, and I would imagine they take care, take the lead in taking care of uh, your work in, in that particular country and you just communicate with them? Is that kind of the way it works all over so that it's more effective? Exactly. Thanks so much. So I serve as an elected member currently um, 
on the Global Campaign for Education Global Board and then have counterparts across all regions representing youth-led organizations, child-focused organizations, you name it. And that exactly, that helps us bring together um, groups that are, are working in this way. So our coalition in the U.S. represents over 80 different organizations, including She's the First and Girl Up. And our counterparts in other countries sometimes actually represent tens of thousands of members. Okay, very good. Now, uh, speaking of the United States, how is your work different here in the United States, uh, or is it different than it is in, in other countries? Sure, thank you so much. I find that even more people are involved outside the U.S. So the Sustainable Development Goals, for example, not for everybody, but for many people around, in, around the globe, um, is a measuring stick that people are using, whereas in the U.S. it might be hard to find, we might be hard-pressed to find people outside of the United Nations based in New York that understand what an SDG is. So I think that it's a great challenge for us to learn from our sisters and brothers in other countries and learn from our counterparts about how can we all really help to improve our local communities as well as the global at the same time. Okay. Now, you have a... Uh... GCE General Assembly, what, what is that, and what role does it play in ensuring that the goals and objectives of GCE are achieved? Of course, and this is a great time to be talking about it, because next month, in the middle of November, our colleagues with the GCE movement in Nepal will be holding the GCE World Assembly. The theme will be Transforming Public Education Systems for Equality, Inclusion, and Justice. This will really be a key moment to reflect on progress made exchange our learnings across the globe and ways of working as we together scale up our efforts and the, our global impact in achieving good quality inclusive education for all. The World Assembly only happens every three to four years and this, this year's World Assembly will gather more than 100 member organizations from all around the world in multiple languages um, to really allow us to collectively agree on goals and objectives for the next four years. I expect that we will be especially focused on reaching all children and youth, including in emergency and crisis settings, children with disabilities and learning differences, electing new leaders, and engaging and making sure that um, the SDG4 efforts are underway, well-funded, and that, especially importantly, young people are really engaged as leaders in this movement. Okay. Now, I, I found it interesting, too, when I was uh, researching for tonight's program that you have included youth-led movements in your mm -hmm. general structure. So would you please explain the Youth Caucus and other youth-led movement activities that are part of the GCE structure? Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks for highlighting how important it is to engage people of all ages and backgrounds in this movement. So this year's global... Um, Campaign for Education World Assembly will include the first ever Youth Caucus led by education leaders ages 16 to 25 from around the world. At GCE US, our Youth Advocacy Engagement Program builds and helps equip youth leaders, students, young professionals, and young people from various backgrounds with information about education for all and really empowers them to share their knowledge with others becoming leaders in this vital social movement. So if anybody listening wants to get involved, please reach out to us directly. You can email us at info at gce-us.org, and we would love to work with you in your community, on your campus, um, across uh, your networks, not just young people, of course, but, but anyone who might like to get involved. 
Okay. Uh, Jennifer, thank you so much for your comments and helping us to understand the far-reaching magnitude of this problem. And uh, we're anxious to continue our discussion. And we will be d d discussing, uh, uh, talking with Ms. Rashid and Ms. Hardy, too, as well as we uh, progress. But first, uh, we need to take a break. And if you're listening and you would like to share your viewpoints about the global education crisis, or if you have a question for our guest about their work, give us a call at 563-999-3660 because your viewpoint does matter. That number again is 563-999-3660. When we return, we'll discuss some of the specific programs administered by GCE and the roles our guests have in their various positions. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag One Million Strong. Gun violence is a major issue in America. It seems like there is a shooting somewhere in this country every single day. Even our schools and churches are no longer sacred and safe from gun violence. In fact, gun violence affects every facet of American life on our jobs, in our movie theaters, at public gatherings, and in other random settings. It has gotten to the point that many have become apathetic and have accepted gun violence as a normal part of life and don't have any hope of things ever changing. That's totally unacceptable. The gun violence has to stop, but it will not stop unless we get involved and demand that our leaders take action to implement measures to ensure the safety of our children in our schools and the safety of all Americans from gun violence, wherever they may be. That's why the CWR Talk Network is presenting the special town hall event the Stand Against Gun Violence on Thursday, October 18th from 6 to 9 p.m. Central Time. We have assembled an expert panel with the knowledge and experience to examine this issue from a variety of perspectives and to offer listeners information and advice on how to significantly reduce gun violence in America and make our schools, homes, workplaces and lives safe from gun violence. Listen to this very important event live online Thursday, October 18th from 6 to 9 p.m. Central Time. Visit our website at cwrtalknetwork.com forward slash TSAGV for more information. That's cwrtalknetwork.com forward slash TSAGV. Stand with us to put an end to gun violence. Today we decided to walk to school. The light counted. 15, 14, 41, 31, I mean 13. 
I took a left on Carroll Street. Danny's smart, but he gets distracted. I realized he forgot his homework. I hope he doesn't have another bad day at school. When you can see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's understood.org, a free resource for the parents of the one in five kids with learning and attention issues. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you by Understood and the Ad Council. WR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. It's not just cliche. It's more than a slogan. It's our identity as America's voice for championing important causes and issues like reading literacy. Host and producer Joanne Burrow tackles this issue in a number of ways on her show, Read, Read, Read. The first and third Saturday of each month, 12 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Central Time. Read, Read, Read is more than a program. It is an initiative started by Ms. Burrell to attack the problem of reading literacy and reading proficiency with the ultimate goal of expanding the program to include mentors to help students with not only reading skills, but also life skills. She also invites interesting guests to come on her program to discuss their challenges with reading as well as their joy and appreciation of reading. Some of the guests are authors who discuss their books and offer their insight into the importance of reading and being good readers. Join Joanne the first and third Saturday of every month at 12 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Central Time for Read, Read, Read exclusively on your network for causes, issues, and life empowerment, the CWR Talk Network. You're listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag One Million Strong. Thank you for joining us for tonight's edition of Dunno Edwards Viewpoints. We're talking with Miss Jennifer Rigg, Miss Erica Hardy, and Miss Alvy Rashid, all from the Global Campaign for Education. Now, Jennifer, uh, returning to our conversation, what are some of the specific campaigns? Uh, currently underway at GCE, and why did you choose those? Absolutely. Thanks so much. We, uh, When you really analyze the reasons that over 260 million children and young people are currently out of school around the world, the main barriers include poverty in families, not being able to afford school fees when there's not free, open, universal public access to education, uh, children with disabilities and learning differences not being included, or having access to education, resources, for example, classrooms where teachers are trying to teach hundreds of students at one time, children being displaced due to emergencies, conflicts, and crises, and girls' education and, and gender discrimination barriers. And, of course, we're grateful that Girl Up and She's the First are joining us to help us understand those a bit more um, on this program. So we chose our campaigns that are currently most active based on our mission to ensure universal quality education for all children and youth. Uh, 
And we invite people to go to our website at gce-us.org for all of our campaign and action topics. And we especially focus on girls' education, disability-inclusive education advocacy, education in emergency settings, and the power of teachers. Okay, very good. Now, what what are the, the barriers to girls and boys accepting uh, accessing education around the world and why is it important to especially help overcome the challenges that girls and young women face? Absolutely. Thank you so much. Over 98 million girls around the world do not have access to school. Girls are more likely to have to stay at home and tend younger siblings, run households, and oftentimes um, we find that in this case, one in three girls in the developing world are married and pulled out of school before the age of 18. Even though they are marginalized throughout the world, investing in women and girls makes a huge difference. It's estimated that about 60 low- to middle-income countries are losing nearly $90 billion a year by not educating their girls to the same level that they do their boys and young men. Each year past the fourth grade that a girl is in school, equals a 15% raise in her future annual income. And we also have, we also know uh, that as adults, girls are much more likely to invest a, lar- a far larger percentage of her income back into her family, her children, which helps break cycles uh, of poverty and barriers for future girls and boys. So by investing in girls' education, we can invest not only in young women's future, but their family's future and their country's future. Okay. Uh, when I was looking to uh, try to better understand myself, the uh, plight of girls around the world, uh, one of the things I found was that uh, there is a, a cultural belief in, in some countries that uh, girls are taught from an early age that they are not worthy of an education. So is is that uh, one of the, the factors, the, the cultural uh, challenge in uh, trying to overcome that to get get access for girls to have an education? Sure, and I'd love to hear from our colleagues, too, because they really focus on this. Um, it does happen in some settings. One thing that we find, though, is really engaging community leaders, faith leaders, the decision makers within households can be very effective. Also, a big barrier is for a family that might have girls and boys when the resources are limited and access to quality, free public education is not available, that's when we find that boys often are sent instead of girls. What we want is girls and boys to both be able to equally access these opportunities and education. Okay. Now, I I, I, uh, talked to you just briefly before we went on the air uh, about something else I learned about, and uh, that was the... uh, fact that former first lady of the United States, Michelle Obama, on the International Day of the Girl on last Thursday, October 11th, announced the Obama administration's, I mean, Obama Foundation's uh, Global Girls Alliance to empower adolescent girls around the world through education. And will will GCE possibly be working with uh, Ms. Obama's uh, organization? Yes, thanks so much. So at GCE US, We and many other organizations working on girls' education were engaged before the launch last Thursday. We're really excited about the Global Girls Alliance, which is a program of the Obama Foundation 
focus on empowering adolescent girls around the world through education, allowing them to achieve their full potential, and really um, to engage people around the world to take action to help girls and grassroots leaders that are working to, to make sure that this type of education that we've been discussing is accessible for girls as well as boys. Um, so there's some really exciting work that, that launched on the Today Show with Ms. Obama last Thursday, um, and it's a great opportunity for not only everybody around the U.S. and around the globe to help educate others and take on specific projects to uh, focus on girls' education, but also to better connect advocates around the globe to each other so we can have deeper impact. Okay, very good. Now, Alvi, uh, we've been talking about something here that I know probably is dear to your heart, and uh, we want to get to you now. In your role as programs coordinator for She's the First, a globally recognized nonprofit focused on fighting gender inequality through education, what's the biggest challenge you face in helping girls overcome gender inequality issues globally through education? Danielle, thank you so much for your question. And I'm I'm actually, right before I answered, I actually want to say I'm so glad that you mentioned the Global Girls Alliance. She's the first is actually uh, one of the partners mentioned on the Global Girls Alliance uh, website. Um, and there are so many ways for people who want to further girls' education and gender inequality can get involved with She's the first uh, for the Global Girls Alliance. Um, and so before I get into my answer, I just want to take a moment to explain a little bit more about what She's the First does. Um, so we fight gender inequality through girls' education. And so what we do is we provide scholarships to girls in low-income countries uh, to be the first in their families to graduate from high school. In addition to this, we train students all over the world to be global leaders through our campus chapter program. So it's really hard to narrow down the biggest challenge because it depends on what angle you're looking at it from, but I have two with me that I want to share with all of you today. And so the first one is really the girls that we work with, the She's the First Scholars who receive um, scholarships to uh, attend secondary uh, secondary school are the ones who have to stand on the front lines of change and stand up for their right to go to school. And so sometimes that put them, puts them at odds with their family and with their communities. And, you know, in some cases, there's the oldest girl in their community who might not be married, or they might be the most educated, educated person in their community, but they're not sure how to translate their education into work. And so these are just some of the examples of the many things that girls who are going to high school have to navigate. And so we believe that simply providing girls with the funds to go to school is not enough, right? There's a lot more there. There's a lot more support there that needs to happen. Um, and so what we believe and what my colleagues at GCE and at Girl Up believe, I'm sure as well, um, is that holistic and qualitative support is necessary. And so at She's a First, we make sure that all the partners that we work with provides programming um, that supports the She's a First scholars with all the tools she needs to reach graduate to reach graduation and to be the ultimate decision maker in her life beyond graduation. And so she's the first scholars receive everything from their scholarship, uh, mentorship, extra tutoring, housing, school supplies, and anything else she needs to be successful. Um, in addition to this, we work with locally 
locally-led partners who understand the girls' needs and the communities they live in, and so they provide nuanced and community-based approach to their interventions. And this means that while each She's the First Scholar can have a different educational experience, each of them is equipped with the skills they need uh, to survive and thrive in their environment. And so She's the First students or scholars are often education ambassadors and activists, um, and they're the ones finding gender inequality on the forefront, right, on the front line. they understand how to tackle gender inequality with nuance in their communities. And they fight a plethora of issues such as ending FGM, encourage sustainable living, and educating their community about reproductive health. Just to name a few of the issues that the She's a First Scholars that we work with fight for in their communities. From an organizational standpoint, um, what we find is a challenge as we're trying to support girls um, and end gender inequality is that there is access to unrestricted funding um, is really difficult. It's hard to support our programs on the ground if there's limited funding. Um, In addition to that, it's been proven that investing in girls' education can alleviate a number of issues in the world, like poverty and even climate change. But it's getting people to invest in quality global girls' education and gender equality initiatives that can help us scale and serve even more young women who can change the world and tackle these issues. Okay, very good, very good. Thank you. Now, uh, Erica, uh, tell us about your role. Now, you're in in Guatemala, uh, yes. so tell us about your uh, your role as the learning support coordinator at the American School of Guatemala. Awesome. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, to tell you more about what learning support looks like in Guatemala is to dig a little bit deeper and to talk about what that. Um, learning disabilities look like in Guatemala and uh, the acceptance of students with different learning needs. So the American School of Guatemala um, is a is a private school and I originally came here three years ago to begin building um, what is now a, a, a hopefully sustainable um, learning support program at the American School of Guatemala and so my purpose at the school is to not only work in the middle school section, but to also help align all of the sections, which is pre-K, elementary, middle school, and high school, so that we all have an aligned process as to what it looks like, um, an inclusive environment for students that have different learning needs. And over the last three years, we've been able to to create processes and um, align documentation and are really on the precipice of um, transforming our environment at our school and our mindset at the American School of Guatemala to one that's much more inclusive. And when I'm talking about inclusive, I'm talking about not just what it looks like to be inclusive in our classrooms and within our staff, but also transforming our, our community which oftentimes means talking to parents to um, parents and talking to students themselves and different community members about what it looks like um, to just to be inclusive um, at our school since it is a private school and, and um, spreading awareness and um, teaching parents and uh, educating them on just different learning styles and, and helping to spread a more open-mindedness surrounding um, different learning abilities and then accepting those things and equipping each other and ourselves with ways that we can um, help best support our students in the best way. 
Okay, very good. Now, uh, we just talked to uh, Alvi, who has who is with uh, She's the First, which is an organization that helps fight gender uh, in, in inequalities. Now, you have you you're with an organization also. Uh, you're the leader of your school's campus chapter of the United Nations Foundation's Girl Up program. So, can you tell us about Girl Up and what its mission is? Yeah, absolutely. Girl Up is the United Nations Foundation that was formed in 2010. And essentially, Girl Up's mission is to ignite the empowerment of girls um, by girls around the world. So it's partnered with the United Nations um, for the purpose of standing up for girls and female rights and speaking up for programs that help them thrive So and to create a community of advocates um, to essentially change the world because we know that just like when Jennifer was talking about when girls are educated and healthy and safe and are documented and counted, they transform their communities. So the UN works with Girl Up to engage girls um, to stand up for each other and for themselves um, and working with different organizations throughout the world. Girl Up focuses on um, specific communities um, around the world, which happens to be Guatemala, Ethiopia, Liberia, Malawi, India, and Uganda. And through the United Nations and their sponsored programs, they work in those specific countries to help focus on female rights and education. Okay. Now, in some of those countries, I, I would imagine because of the the customs or maybe even the politics there, uh, what you're doing may go counter to what their beliefs are or what the uh, uh, culture is or, or has been. So uh, in most instances, are you welcomed with open arms or how do you overcome whatever uh, restrictions or uh, whatever uh, resistance there might be? Yeah, absolutely. You're 100% right there. There is resistance. And in most of these countries um, that I named, you know, obviously girls are not and women um, are not treated with the same rights or have the same rights as their male counterparts. Um, as Jenna talked about earlier, on average, girls living in regions where Girl Up support um, have less than three years of formal schooling. Um, and we know that girls that don't have schooling face a pretty bleak future. So instead of learning to read and write, they're more likely to experience early marriage and, 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 and having babies and childbirth. Um, and so combating that sort of culture is difficult. And, you know, it's not something that happens overnight. It's, a, it's, it's truly a process of education and advocacy, step by step, um, community by community, individual by individual. And that's why educating um, girls as quickly as we can to understand their own rights, they can start speaking out for themselves and start being their own advocates in communities and in countries where female rights are not necessarily the priority. Okay, very good. Now, uh, Jennifer, uh, your organization, as we've kind of discussed uh, already on the, on the program tonight, is a coalition or alliance of other groups or organizations uh, around the globe. So how does the global campaign for education interact with 
and coordinate work and activities with those member groups like Erica's Girl Up and Alvy's She's the First and inviting new organizations like Ms. Obama's uh, Global Girls Alliance. Thank you so much. So at GCEUS, we currently work with over 80 different coalition members, different organizations, big and small, and our global GCE movement represents tens of thousands of members as well when you look across the 100-plus involved countries. We're grateful for partner organizations with networks of youth advocates, uh, including Girl Up and She's the First, who really help us lead on girls' education and gender equality advocacy. We're delighted to work with She's the First and Girl Up to mobilize advocates, as well as partner across the globe to champion girls' education and equality. For example, we work together on advocacy actions and youth leader training, legislation, and engaging members of Congress. For anybody who wants to get involved, it's easy to do so and either join as an individual member of GCEUS or, or organizationally. So, for example, we work with um, students at schools who have an interest in learning about education topics. Uh, we worked last year, for example, with a wonderful group of fifth graders in California who were studying girls' education, and they ran a campaign that was year a uh, full academic year at their school and engaged hundreds of young people in um, their own advocacy. We also worked collectively to um, hold monthly coalition meetings, share information with each other, um, share impact stories through our website and the like. And so more information can be found online at gce-us.org. Okay. Thank you. Now, Alvi and Erica, uh, you both have campus chapters for uh, She's the Girl and, uh, I mean, She's the First and Girl Up, respectively. So how can anyone that's listening tonight, regardless of what country they may live in, uh, how can they get involved in your organizations through your campus chapters? Alvi, go right ahead. Yeah, thanks, Erica and Danelle. So anyone around the world, um, whether um, anyone around the world can get involved in our campus chapter program as long as they are enrolled in high school or in college. And so we have over 200 campus chapters in 10 countries. We have resources in English and in Spanish. Um, and so what are campus chapters? Well, they're started by passionate high school and college students who essentially start She's the First clubs on their campus. And um, they're eager to address gender inequality in their communities. And so what they do is they advocate for girls' education by raising awareness on gender inequality. They build community. They do creative fundraisers. Um, and so any students who are interested can go to our website, she's the first org forward slash campus, um, and just sign up uh, with an interest form, and a member of our team will get back to you. Um, if you uh, don't know any young people who are in high school or in college, um, but the, but you want to get them involved in the um, and she's the first. There are still so many ways that they can get involved. For primary and middle school teachers around the world, we have a curriculum that is free um, that teaches global leadership, um, and so that's something also you'll be able to access through she's the first dot org forward slash campus. Okay, Erica. Yeah, very, very similarly to She's the First, um, ways that girls and anybody can, can truly get involved 
is um, girls can sign up to create their own club at their own high school campus. There's more than 1,900 clubs registered in the United States and territories in 98 countries around the world. Um, clubs are for high schoolers, and then Girl Up campuses are for college or university students. So you can log on to girlup.org and search any university that's near you if you're in college to join a Girl Up campus. You can create your own club, and much like She's the First, we have a curriculum and advocacy toolkit um, offered in many different languages as well where girls can go ahead and take initiative to start their own with other girls who have um, passions about female rights and gender equality. If you are not a middle school or a high school student and don't have the availability to start your own club or be a part of a university campus chapter, um, there is a very clear donate button on the Girl Up website. Once again, www.girlup.org. And you can just press the button donate, which will take you to very specific um, projects and or resources that you can donate directly to, whether it's $25 or $50, $10. And you can pick which specific project or resource you wish to contribute to. And you can even make it a monthly or a yearly donation. Okay, very good. Now, Alvi, uh, getting back to you, uh, She's the First also has another interesting program, uh, the Five Friends Program. Uh, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, I'd love to tell you a little bit more about our Five Friends campaign. And so, um, as you know, every person has a group of people that have helped to get them to this current moment in their life. Um, I'm sure all of us here have that group of people that have gotten us here and um, our social networks can be so extremely powerful and it's no different for girls around the world. In fact, it's been proven that when girls have at least five friends, they're more likely to be successful. And in this case, that means they're more likely to graduate from high school and they're less likely to experience gender-based violence, early marriage, unwanted pregnancy, um, and HIV infection. And so with this in mind, uh, we make sure that all She's First scholars meet regularly with a group of their peers for this very reason, to build their social networks. They co-mentor one another, they support each other in reaching their goals, and they work together to affect change in their community. Um, and so our campus chapters, which, are, which is uh, also, as I mentioned earlier, it's an international program and it's student-led, actually do the very same thing in their meetings as well when they're advocating for girls' education and gender equality. Um, and this kind of power of social networks has inspired our most recent and current campaign where we're asking people to donate in honor of five friends that have supported them. Um, their donations will help provide schooling, mentorship, and global leadership training for She's the First scholars around the world. Um, anyone who's interested can go to she's the first.org forward slash five friends. Um, and also at any time of the year, we have several campaigns open it, um, that is anyone is welcome to fundraise through. We have our Make a Change campaign where people can fight gender inequality through baking cupcakes. We have a Cheese the First campaign where people can um, fundraise and do kind of wine and cheese or like so um, grilled cheese or cheese-related things to fight gender inequality. And so there are so many things, um, ways people can take action with Cheese the First. Okay, very good. 
Uh, thank all of you for your comments. Uh, right now, uh, we're going to have to go and take another break. If you just tuned in, this is Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints. And tonight, we're discussing the global education crisis and the worldwide campaign to ensure the right to a quality education for everyone, everywhere, with our special guest from the Global Campaign for Education, Ms. Jennifer Rigg from She's the First, uh, Ms. Alvi Rashad, Rashid, and from uh, Girl Up and the American School in Guatemala, uh, Ms. Erica Hardy. We're going to continue after these messages, so please stay tuned. We'll be right back. listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag one million strong. Why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? Having trouble finding Connor Middle School? Would you like directions? No. Why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? Finding lowest airfare to Istanbul. No, I'm, I'm tired of fighting with him over homework. Home walk restaurant. Need a review? No, I need help. He's very smart, but his mind wanders. He's disorganized. I think I understand. Oh, good. Finding best potatoes for French fries. No! Russet. Fingerling. Yukon oh, Gold. Why don't you understand me? Sorry, I was trying to show how Connor feels every day. Frustrating, isn't it? Redirecting to understood.org. For the one in five kids with learning and attention issues, this is what life can feel like. Explore understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues designed to help your child thrive in school and in life. Understood.org, because understanding is everything. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like fighting domestic violence. Domestic violence survivor Shereen Rice discusses how domestic violence affects all of us on her show, Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse. Shereen interviews other survivors of domestic violence who share their very personal experiences in hopes of encouraging listeners who may be undergoing domestic violence to get out of that dangerous situation and how they may do that in order to avoid the dangerous consequences if they don't. Join Shereen and her guests every second and fourth Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central Time, exclusively on the CWR Talk Network. birthday party today? Me again, Mom. Where did I put my history book? Hi. Sorry, forgot one last thing. Sometimes it's hard to concentrate. At school, I start looking out the window, and then I forget what I was supposed to be thinking about. I know it seems like I don't care, but I do. It's just difficult for me. Love you, Mom. Bye. Join parents and experts at understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues to help your child thrive. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. 
Las Vegas shooting, Orlando nightclub, Virginia Tana Fay, Sandy Hook Elementary School School shooting. And the list of mass shootings in America goes on and on and on. If gun laws can't stop the gun violence in America, what can? Listen to the Stand Against Gun Violence, a special three-hour town hall event on Thursday, October 18th from 6 to 9 p.m. Central Time, presented by the CWR Talk Network. We have assembled a panel of experts to discuss the impact gun violence has on our society and what all of us can do to help stop gun violence and mass shootings. Hear from some of those who have personally experienced the tragedy of mass shootings and why gun violence in America must be stopped. Stand with us as we fight to put an end to gun violence. Listen live online Thursday, October 18th from 6 to 9 p.m. Central Time. For more information, visit our website, cwrtaltnetwork.com forward slash TSAGV. That's cwrtalknetwork.com forward slash TSAGV. Listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag One Million Strong. Thanks again for joining us tonight for Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints. We really appreciate your support and hope that you are enjoying our discussion on the worldwide campaign to ensure the right to a quality education for everyone, everywhere. If you have a question or comment, please call us at 563-999-3660. That number again is 563-999-3660. We'd love to hear from you. Now, obviously there are other organizations that maybe doing work similar to uh, what you're doing at GCE. So can either of you make the distinction between the global campaign for education and what you do and other similar organizations, uh, if there are any? What makes GCE sure. different? Thank you so much. One big thing that makes GCE different is that we okay. bring everyone together to have deeper impact together. We are a coalition that connects these different actors to coordinate advocacy efforts and partner effectively. So we're really delighted that Girl Up, She's the First, and many others join in this movement together. We know that um, some of these problems, some of these challenges can seem daunting, but the model works when we really come together and work. Um, Individuals, organizations, schools, communities, all coming together collectively to make a difference and, and champion rights for children and, and young people around the world. Okay. Now, this this is a question for, for all of you, but uh, maybe you could go first, Jennifer. 
Uh, how do you, and we've talked about this a little bit already, but how do you overcome the political, cultural, and other barriers in order to educate and advocate for those who face challenges getting an education? Sure, I'd love to kick it off, and then um, I think everyone will be able to um, share wonderful ideas on this. We find that it's important to engage everyone across the political spectrum, and the unifying force of education makes that possible. So, for example, when it comes to education in emergency settings, we find that um, there are many members of Congress, there are many leaders at local to global levels that really understand how critical it is to reach all children. We also uh, help to overcome both political as well as other barriers to educate and advocate for those who face challenges getting education by making sure that we help bring the personal out. We each have, I've, I've just been so impressed in my time working with the Global Campaign for Education U.S. by how everybody has a personal story about the power of education in their life. And that can be both uh, for people who have been able to gain the greatest amounts of education and those who had barriers and weren't able to get the education that they wanted but that saw how important it was both in that positive way and also in those challenging ways. Okay, very good. Uh, Erica or Alvi, you have comments? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think one of the biggest ways to um, to really combat those barriers is really just to continue to have an open dialogue. Um, much like Jennifer said, I think it's it's really just the importance of of engaging all sides of the story. And I think at the heart of everybody, um, education is what connects everyone. And I think the importance of, of, of education across the globe um, is important to a degree to every culture. And I think we can all come to agreement that educating our children and making sure that we have equal opportunity for quality education around the globe is of utmost importance. And so I think combating those barriers really just looks like continuing to talk about it and continuing to talk about what are those barriers and how do we face them and how do we break those down? And it's listening and it's engaging um, and it's talking to your neighbor and it's talking to your students and your colleagues and your coworker um, and really just advocating for, for that awareness and continuing to have that conversation. And I think that conversation then turns into action, which then naturally transforms into change. And so I think it really just starts with having that open dialogue to create those conversations and that and that basic understanding that a quality education for everyone is of utmost importance. Okay. Did you have anything to add, Alvi? I think Jennifer and Erica hit the nail on the dot. I think it's the power of conversations and the power of keeping an open mind that allows us to talk about gender inequality and talk about education because education is a baseline to anything, right? There's so, um, like Erica mentioned earlier, education is important to every culture around the world. Um, and something that Jennifer mentioned earlier, which is the power of making it personal. And I think there are so many people that that are part of the our movement, the She's the First movement, where 
they either come to Sheets at First because they can relate to our campus chapter program because during their stories and their journey somewhere, either in a high school or college club, they gain so much from the leadership um, that they were involved, and so now it's a part of them. Or they were the first in their families to graduate from college, or they were the first to do something, um, and it's capitalizing on the people who can really relate and using them as ambassadors to talk to their neighbors, their friends, their families, and talking about the importance of girls' education. I think a lot of people don't know that 60 million girls are not in secondary school, and it's um, by opening our mouth and our hearts to one another and sharing um, the realities that each of us lives in and the realities that other people live in allows us to further um, you know, our work towards achieving gender, um, global education equality. Okay. Uh, so what I'm hearing is that uh, it takes communication, effective communication, and building relationships. Uh, would you say that's that's kind of the key? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. All right. Now, uh, Jennifer, uh, how do you evaluate how effective your programs are and directly impacting the lives of people and helping ensure that they, they get an education. Thank you so much. Along with our members at GCEUS and around the globe, we directly impact people uh, by empowering students and teachers, ensuring that education is accessible throughout people's lives, and overcoming barriers to quality education like we've been discussing. We evaluate and measure how many youth advocates speak out about the importance of education with their policymakers, policy changes and legislation in support of education around the world, and, and funds that are dedicated to quality, inclusive education for all. For example, our advocates helped to create the Education Cannot Wait Fund for Education and Emergencies back in 2016 at the World Humanitarian Summit. And we can now better measure how many children and youth are out of school in emergency settings and for how long. Did you know that displaced families are away from their homeland for an average of 17 years? That's an entire generation that would be lost if no education is provided while those children and young people are displaced. However, our advocacy and our work together can and already is working to decrease that amount of time. So in that case, uh, to make it very measurable, we're advocating for children in emergency settings to have no more than 30 to 90 days disrupted without education. Okay, very good. Now, uh, how can our listeners help? I know Erica mentioned that it's very difficult to be effective in what you're trying to do with, with limited funds, so obviously funding and funding sources are, are an, an issue, but uh, how can our listeners who are listening in help? And what can you say to them uh, to help them to understand why they should help? Great. Thanks so much. So um, I'll kick off, but I'm really excited to hear about all the things that are happening across these different organizations, and we really welcome everyone getting involved. So please join us today at gce-us.org. And similarly, our colleagues, as just mentioned, at Grow Up and She's the First have great options for people to get engaged directly. We really welcome your involvement as an advocate, a supporter, a donor, a partner. It's easy to make a donation online or directly with our nonprofit charity, just like was mentioned earlier, um, at that website uh, through the donate button. 
and we help to engage future youth leaders and education champions. I've been so amazed by um, how much support people provide, big and small, and it makes a huge difference. Um, so, for example, uh, there's a wonderful young person named Sunny Ken, a, um, who, when she graduated from high school in Michigan on her way to Albion College, she found that she thankfully had a full scholarship so that she could study music and business. And so she wanted to give back. And um, out of the blue, we were grateful to receive um, support from her graduation gifts to GCEUS to support girls, young women, and youth leaders at, across the GCEUS family to be able to advocate for greater equality and girls' education. So we encourage everyone to get involved. You can sign up for action alerts to know when your voice will make the biggest difference. And you can follow us on social media as well and reach out to us anytime at in, by emailing info at pce-us.org. Let me hand it over next to Aldi, perhaps, so that we can all answer this important question. Thank you so much, Jennifer. So I just want our listeners to know that there is something um, that every person can do to take action on gender inequality and girls' education. It's not something that happens over there, but it's something that each of us experience in the universes that we live in um, and can take action on furthering um, achieving gender equality everywhere that we live. Um, and so there are a number of things that people can do. and. If you go to she'sthefirst.org forward slash support, there's more information on how you can start a fundraiser, how you can participate in our campus chapter program, um, how you can donate. One thing that um, I'd like to mention is we also have something called our She's the First Action Network, um, and it's an online platform where anyone around the world can access um, and take in resources and ideas on how they can take action on gender equality from wherever they live. And so we cover issues like the refugee crisis, reproductive health, climate change, um, a wide variety of other issues as well. As well. Um, and so I encourage you to check out she'safirst.org forward slash support. If you have any questions or you want to come in contact with a person, please reach out to info at she'safirst.org. And if you know a young person or are a young person who would like to take action on gender inequality and girls' education and want to start a campus chapter, you can go to she'safirst.org forward slash campus. And I'll okay. pass it on to my colleague, Erica. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Albie. Um, very similarly to um, all of the actions that Albie just mentioned, I think it's just imperative to understand that anybody at any age can take action and can help support gender equality and female education across the globe. And if you go to www.girlup.org slash take action, you'll see that there's lots of different ideas to take action. You can create your own fundraiser. You can run the global 5K that happens every day that, um, sorry, that happens every year that, um, that Girl Up does. And you can team up with Girl Up at a campus chapter or a campus club if you're a, if you're a high school or university student. Um, you can also donate um, any amount of money to any one of the, the causes or the direct UN resources that Girl Up is linked to to help support um, equal education rights as well as health and safety 
for girls around the globe. So if you just go to www.girlup.org slash take action or slash donate, you can find any of those resources there. And then just lastly, I wanted to add, if you can't or don't have access to do any of the above um, online, just talk to your friends about it. Talk to your colleagues about it. Talk to your neighbor about it, um, about what it looks like to support gender equality, about what it looks like to support girls, and um, how are we empowering and educating our girls in the United States and across the globe. And just by that conversation and opening up our minds, then that is action enough. Okay. Uh, if you are listening in and there's someone else that you would like to listen to this program or if you'd like to go back and listen to it again yourself, uh, our programs are available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. So uh, this program will be available on demand on those platforms uh, on sometime on Tuesday. And also, you can go directly to the CWR Talk Network website, and we actually have buttons to each one of those platforms there that will take you directly to those uh, platforms to listen to the program. Uh, Jennifer, Alvi, and Erica, we thank each of you for the outstanding and much-needed work that you're doing, and we especially thank you for taking time from your busy schedules to be with us this evening and for helping us to better understand the nature of the global education crisis and how it affects each of us. Thank you, and we wish you continued success and hope that you will continue to gain more support. So thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's a real honor joining all of you, and we invite all of you to join in and, and help build this movement to ensure quality education for all together. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, and thank you, and everybody have a good evening. Now, next week, uh, our guest is going to be weight loss expert Sonny Brooks of Neuro Weight Loss. And uh, the question is, can the brain be trained to help us lose weight? That may sound humorous, but that's going to be one of the things we're going to talk about. And when uh, you hear this program, it might not be so funny to you. So join us next Monday on Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints and find out. Also, uh, we want to remind you, everyone that uh, our special three-hour town hall event, the Stand Against Gun Violence, which you've heard about on our program through the promos this evening is going to be on Thursday, uh, October 18th from 6 to 9 p.m. Central Time. Now, our panelists include Dr. Bindu Kalisan, who is Assistant Professor of Medicine at Boston University, and she's done extensive research on gun violence. Also on the team is Mr. Michael Diamond, who is a former U.S. Army Reserve Military Intelligence Officer who is also a gun control advocate with ideas on lessons from the military and how they can be applied in the U.S. civilian world to reduce gun violence. Another member of the panel is Mr. John Sutton, who is a former U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency special agent and was a career law enforcement officer. Mr. Sutton has experience with terrorism, gangs, and has traveled the world and can compare the gun violence in America with that in other countries and give us a worldview of uh, gun violence. 
And rounding out our panel is Ms. Dakota Jablin, who is a policy analyst with the Coalition to Stop Gun Violence. Ms. Jablin has access to data about gun violence in the country, as well as what her organization and other organizations are doing to end gun violence in America. And finally, our moderator, who will bring all of this together, is veteran journalist Ms. Desiree Peoples. Ms. Peoples is currently based in Las Vegas, Nevada, and works as a digital content manager and is also a radio personality and has worked as a news reporter or anchor for CBS Radio and the Associated Press. So we ask you to stand with us against gun violence and join us for this very timely town hall event on Thursday at 6 p.m. Central Time. Go to the TSAGV tab on our website at CWRTalkNetwork.com for more information. That's CWRTalkNetwork.com and select the TSAGV tab. We hope you'll join us. Thank you again for listening this evening and have a great week and we'll see you on Thursday. Listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag One Million Strong.